Here we are, off and running, hour two of Tiger tailgating here on the home of the Tigers, WWL. Herb Tyler off today, doing some things with his daughter up there in Atlanta, Georgia. Just me solo, Christian Garrick, until 4.30 when we hand things off to the LSU Sports Radio Network for the official pregame show of the LSU Tigers taking on Arkansas tonight at 6.30 in Fayetteville. Once again, happy birthday, Marines. Born in 1775, I, I can't say it enough, and also, more importantly, Thank you and happy Veterans Day to all those veterans that served our country. My son, by the way, going in the Army Tuesday. Pretty proud of that. So, nonetheless, Jeff Palermo, WWL.com columnist, joining us now. Louisiana Radio Network Sports and News Director. And Jeff, how are you, man? You ready to do this tonight at 630 LSU in Arkansas? I hope the Tigers are. And, uh, first of all, uh, thank you for your service, Christian, on this uh, Veterans Day weekend. Thank you, Jeff. I appreciate that. Certainly. Certainly do. And, uh, look, you can wish my Marines happy birthday as well as well today. <laughs> Certainly can. Happy birthday, Marines. Yeah, yeah. 1775. Anyway, uh, so LSU, Arkansas. Man, um, the Tigers coming off a, a loss, obviously, to Alabama. And we know the record under Coach O when, when they've lost it. They don't lose two in a row. Uh, what did you make of Coach Ogeron's uh, somewhat critical comments of his defensive line in particular saying they need to get better recruits. Did you take that the way some people did? Uh, I think he was pretty blunt, and I, I think he was accurate. He obviously tried to walk back, walk those comments back on Monday when he met with the media where he first blamed uh, the coaching and the schemes, and then uh, execution was behind that. So, But I, I think his – you know, you, you always hear the phrase um, – you know, your first instinct is always the right instinct, and I, I think his first instinct was right, that they don't have the horses just yet to compete. Uh, nothing against uh, those guys that they have on that defensive line right now or the or the offensive line. I, I think it was more glaring on the offensive line, LSU's offensive line, against uh, Alabama's defensive line. And, and it's, it's nothing against that group of guys that they're trying to go out there, but um, – you, you look at that old line for LSU, I don't think there's a first-round pick on that offensive line. Uh, you're going up against an Alabama defensive line that got three of them. And it's been a – other than Lael Collins, who would have been a first-round pick if he had not been questioned on a, a murder that happened in Baton Rouge, uh, LSU has not been producing first-round picks in recent history. I mean, re- heck, really, you got to go almost all the way back to Andrew Whitworth, who's um, beating Father Time and is still a very effective offensive tackle for the Los Angeles Rams. Jeff, when you look at this loss, I mean, look, 29 to nothing, it's almost like because of Alabama, the way we were scoring on everybody, it's almost like, hey, that wasn't bad when you consider it. But they've got to get some production on offense, have to. Well, you have two games coming up here, Christian, that they, they better get some offensive production. Sure. And I know the weather – uh, is not going to be the best tonight. Uh, but as long as it's not windy, they should be able to throw the football. I mean, you look at the if you look at these numbers right now statistically for LSU, they're not they're not good at all. I mean, they're they have what uh, seven touchdown passes on the year. I mean, teams like Georgia Tech, Air Force, triple option teams have as many touchdowns as that passing the football. Um, I mean, once again, LSU's ranked uh, above or in the in the hundreds when it comes to pass offense. It's, it's like LSU can't escape that. But now you got a couple of games here against Arkansas and Rice, 
And I would imagine Texas A&M too, LSU should be able to throw the ball. But you should be able to get some time for Joe Burrow, get him to make some plays down the field. Um, It's not just the offensive line. It's not just Joe Burrow. It's not the receivers. It's a combination of everything. All that, Burrow's got to be more accurate, get rid of the ball faster. O-line's got to give him more time at times. And the receiver's got to catch the ball and, and get open. And um, that needs to really happen here over the next couple of games. Jeff Palermo, WWL.com columnist, also Louisiana Radio Network Sports and News Director. And Jeff, you mentioned this should be two games in a row where LSU should be able to hang up some points. Is it still, though, very much about the, the wide receivers? Are we going to see some of these receivers that we've been hearing so much about really start to make strides? I know they're young there, but that has to happen here soon. You're no longer a young player at this juncture of the season. Yeah, I, I would agree. Uh, the Terrence Marshall of the world, uh, that guy, um, you, you would hope some of these uh, freshmen that they've had, that they should grow up and, and become uh, bigger players, bigger receivers. Um, you know, J- Justin Jefferson continue to develop. Um, I, you know, I, I, w- I would say this, Christian, I mean, if, if you don't really see this passing game improve a lot or at least show signs of something here in the in these last three games then I, I really feel that Ed Orgeron should open up that quarterback competition again I mean he's opened it up before I mean it was going into the 2017 season when we all knew that Danny Etling was going to be the starter um, Ed Orgeron would not name one um, so you, you need to see I mean you need to see it on on all levels here um, with the as I mentioned with the receivers the O-line and Joe Burrow. And, and I, I think Joe, I, I think we've seen enough from Burrow to think that he could have some good games coming up here. Um, but, I mean, I th- he did not it, – it's just not the Alabama game. He did not look good in the Mississippi State game. And you're still looking at a completion percentage of 54%. And in today's game of football, and you look at these quarterbacks now, you've you got to be completing around 60% or so. Uh, especially when you know the bar is trying to get to where Alabama's at. And so you've got to be a more accurate passer. Jeff, is it time to get Miles Brennan on the field at least? Just to, you know, Even though you can still redshirt him, uh, I was told early on when they made the decision to go with Joe Burrow that Miles Brennan was going to receive some significant playing time. He's yet to do so this year. Well, uh, Orgeron left us a little nugget, uh, I think it was Monday, I guess, um, where he talked about uh, how Miles has been banged up on a few games. So that might be why he there, – there, there seem to be some spots. You know, the Southeastern game, you would have thought Miles Brennan would have played. Um, but he, they they never put him in there. Yeah, I mean, I don't know if he'll play tonight. Uh, I, I, I would imagine you're going to get a pretty good effort here from Arkansas where this game is not – not ter- it's not put away just quite in the – started the fourth quarter anyways um but i would think next week against rice we we should see some miles brennan i i would think you'd like to throw him out there and see what happens i mean rice has won one game so far this season if that's a game that's not you know at least 28 to nothing or something by halftime then uh there's (laughs) there's something kind of seriously wrong wrong there yeah so um Hey, I, I think now you know you, you got four games left to play with. You can play them as much as you want. Still redshirt them, eh, sure, if the opportunity presents itself. 
Jeff, I got I to go a little high school with you here because I know you do a lot on the prep scene. All of a sudden, uh, Hanville gets their quarterback back, and um, they're, they're rolling pretty good. They got Zachary this Friday night uh, at their place. That's shaping up to be one heck of a football game. Yeah, it is. Um, and it's, uh, you know, they beat a Walker team last night that uh, had a really nice season uh, despite losing their head coach after two games, Lester Ricard. Uh, was uh, fired uh, because of some off-the-field issues. So, uh, But but Hanville, and, and this is a rematch of the 5A championship game, too, from a year ago. And it's obviously a, a different dynamic now for Hanville. They're not relying on Puka Williams like they did last year. They got a quarterback that can sling it around, and it's going to be at Hanville. I would imagine it's going to be a pretty electric atmosphere. If there's a high school football game that you want to get to on Friday – uh, I would think it would be Hanville Zachary, and Zachary's a good team too. Uh, really good defense. Uh, Keelan Brown is an outstanding quarterback. Starting to get some looks from Baylor and schools like that. He's a junior. Uh, they got big offensive and defensive linemen at Zachary, and they know how to win come playoff time. But Nick Salta Fromaggio, uh, kind of, uh, you know, was caught on video when he was meeting with the team yesterday. Uh, after their win, saying, I don't know what the score of the Zachary game was, but I hope Zachary won. So, Hanville desperately would like another shot at Zachary, and they're going to get it this Friday. How much different are they with Andrew Robinson under center? Have you seen him play in person live? I have not seen him play person in live, but he, I, I know Hanville was struggling without their, their main guy. Um, and the quarterback that they were playing is more like a wide receiver or he's a more of a, a different type of skill position player. So they were He's an athlete. Jake Mont Jackson's an athlete. Yeah, and I, I last I heard he was going to Tulane or he was committed to Tulane. So yeah, uh, it, it's it's just it's a completely different team now based based on what you know what they did against Bourgeois last week and what they did last night against Walker. I, I kind of read up a little bit on the game. I mean they're they're now a, a much more dynamic. Uh, team now, uh, you know Robeson is not uh, you know, based on what I can tell is not an SEC quarterback or somebody that, but he's a legitimately really good high school quarterback that you that can really change your team and you know the the beauty of it is it's not like he was coming back. Uh, there's not really any beauty's probably not to worry because it was an ugly situation all the way around. But what benefits him is the fact that at this point that it wasn't like he was hurt. He was still practicing with the team all season long. So it's, it doesn't appear to be this huge adjustment over the last couple of weeks that you throw him out there. Uh, the team was really able to get off on a strong foot right off the bat because he's been practicing with the team all this time. Jeff Palermo's Tiger Tailgating on WWLAMFMN.com. All right, welcome back. Tiger Tailgating. Seth Dunlap sits down with NFL and college football analyst Mike Dettelier. His insights into the draft, LSU and Arkansas. Take a listen. Like we do every single week, we like to bring on in Mike Dettelier before these LSU games to give us his insights into the upcoming NFL draft. Brought to you by the Sports Medicine Center at the Thibodeau Regional Medical Center. And Mike Dettelier, here he comes. And Mike, LSU, they're they're trying to bounce back here, and I guess a pretty good week to do it against uh, an Arkansas team that's really struggling. Yeah, boy, Seth, you talk about a total rebuilding job for, for Chad Morris. They're two and seven, zero and five in the SEC. And this program has been in a little bit, not a little bit, has been in a talent freefall. And, and you see it with the draft numbers where 
2015 and 2016, they had produced 10 players to the NFL draft, five each year. 2017, down to three. Last year, down to two. Now, just compare that to LSU. You know, the last two years, Arkansas has produced five players to the NFL. LSU's produced 15 guys. So, I mean, it's unbelievable of how this has really dipped for them. And you see it so much on the defensive side of the football. Arkansas has not had a defensive player selected in the top 100 since 2012. Defensive end Jake Briquette, uh, who got drafted by the Patriots, a defensive end, that was 2012. They have not had a top 100 defensive player since. LSU had five defensive players selected in the top 100 the last two years. So you can see where, uh, you know, they've been able to score points. They can't stop anyone. And so that's been a huge part uh, of, of what's happening at Arkansas in recruiting defensive players. And part of that is they're trying to get better, and they're going after a lot of Louisiana players. Uh, they are involved with about eight players in the state of Louisiana today to recruit to University of Arkansas. They already have 13 on the roster. Wow. Yeah, and it's a big class uh, here in Louisiana that everybody's trying to go after this year. Over on offense, they do have a young sophomore, and I know that he's not going to be on your board yet, but Rakeem Boyd, is he somebody you're eyeing uh, in the future here that can play on Sundays? Yeah, no question about it. He's probably the most talented football player that they have on that team. Because if you look at this year's class, uh, they got one player on offense uh, that's going to get selected. Uh, Yelta Fruhart, uh, the big offensive guard for them. He's a foreign exchange student from Denmark who went to IMG Academy, uh, heavily recruited defensive lineman, uh, could have went to Ohio State and selected to go to Arkansas instead of three-year starter, probably end up being a middle-round pick. But there's no question. Um, he's their most talented guy, and they rely on that uh, tremendously in this offense. You will see a lot of spread offense, three, four wide receiver sets trying to spread the field out, and that helps the running game because you got to match up. you got to take people out of the box to go out and go one-on-one with receivers you see a lot of quick slants, quick screen passes, that sort of thing. It'll be interesting to see with the weather conditions that it's going to be near freezing come game time. Man, that ain't LSU weather. They haven't played in that. Now, they did play in some really bad weather last year when they played Tennessee, a driving rainstorm, and then it got really cold. I know Coach O told me through all his years as a coach, that was one of the coldest events he had ever been through. He said, what did it stop raining? Man, he said, I got ice cold when that wind started to hit me. Oh, Mike, you know that's my kind of weather. So this is, this is something I'd be looking forward to here. Uh, you know, Arkansas, obviously, the lack of talent there. Gives us a, a quick little good chance here just to check in on LSU, which we haven't done the last few segments with you. Has anybody improved their draft, uh, draft stock for the Tigers over the, with their play over the last uh, few weeks here? This is a really small class for LSU, and, and certainly Devin White, Greedy Williams, they're going to come out early. And you're talking about two guys that will be picked in the top 15. I think the one guy senior-wise has really played extremely well when he's been healthy has been Garrett Brumfield. Uh, he's an interior player. He's a guard, uh, was a highly recruited football player coming out of high school. 
he has been a really good football player for LSU. And what I see with him was he was always a really good run blocker, Seth. Now he has become a really competent pass protector. Does a nice job, uh, you know, in the pass protection part of the game technique-wise and using his arms and hands. He is still battling that knee and ankle injury that he has. But I think he's a guy that has moved himself up into the middle rounds of the draft. And, you know, you look at it across the board, other than Brumfield, uh, maybe Nick Bosset. Uh, he was a guy that was completely off the radar when the season started. And he's put up some nice numbers here where he could possibly be a late-round selection. Again, he had to wait his turn behind some pretty good backs yeah. uh, at LSU. But I think it's going to be his ability to catch the football that I think will surprise some people. He catches the ball real well coming out of the backfield, and he's a really good athlete. Now, he rides high in the saddle as a runner, and he takes some major shots. But he's a guy that could well, with a strong closing part to the 2018 season, get himself selected in the 2019 draft. We'll keep an eye on that. We'll keep an eye on uh, Brissett and Brumfield and these Tigers as they play in the near-freezing temperatures over there in Fayetteville. Well, in just a few hours here today, Tigers and the Hogs. Mike, always appreciate it. We'll talk to you next week for Rice. Thank you, Seth. All right. Mike Dettelier's insights into the 2019 draft have been brought to you by the Sports Medicine Center of the Thibodeau Regional Medical Center. Now back to Christian Garrick and Herb Tyler for the Gulf Coast Bank and Trust Tiger Tailgating Show. Hey, Carl. Welcome back to Tiger Tailgating. Hey, Carl how you on line one. Yeah, how you feeling? I'm good. I'm good, man. Thank you. Yeah, I'm going to tell you good. I know you're in the Marine Corps. And I uh, just wanted to thank you for your service. Well, thank you, man. I'm a veteran myself. That. Well, thank you. Uh, uh, listen, I wanted to talk. I was listening on the radio, and I'm, um, this is where I'm at with LSU. They talk about the talent gap between Alabama and LSU after they played each other. I, I don't see it that way. It's not a talent gap. Where you got a talent gap is where you're going to play tonight. When LSU plays Arkansas, then you're going to see a talent gap. But yeah, that's where that, ultimately, Carl, that's where LSU has to flex their muscle and show that, yeah, they might be behind Alabama, but there's no way that they should let an Arkansas team hang with them. I know they're going to be playing in frigid temperatures, but LSU should take care of business. Jimmy Smith, TigerDetails.com, coming up after our CBS News headline here on WWL. All right, welcome back. Tiger Tailgating here. Going to have Jimmy Smith from TigerDetails.com here momentarily. Phone lines are open at 504 504- 260-1870, text 870-870. Looking at some of the college football scores from around the country. Alabama on top of Mississippi State early, 14 to nothing. Number one versus number 16. Kentucky and Tennessee, the Volunteers early in that ball game in the second quarter on top of the Wildcats, three to nothing. How about the Washington State Cougars taking on Colorado in Colorado? They're down right now in the second quarter, seven to three to the Buffaloes. Michigan, Rutgers, number four, Michigan and Rutgers tied at seven in the second quarter as well. Northwestern against number 21, Iowa, tied at zero, scoreless in the second quarter as well. Oklahoma State and Oklahoma. Right now the Sooners are trailing Oklahoma State 21-17, 12-15 remaining in the second quarter of that ball game. No major upsets so far in college football. Ohio State ended up winning again. <laughs> Looking at some of the – you need some help if you're a Tiger fan that's thinking that perhaps, oh, you know, LSU can get in with two losses. Eh. By the way, the Wildcats – or the Cougars, I should say, 
of Washington State just went up 9-7 over Colorado in in the uh, second quarter. Jimmy Smith, TigerDetails.com. Jimmy, how are you? Hey, bud. How you doing? Good. Can you looking hear me? Forward to, yeah, I got you. Yeah, uh, looking forward yeah. to tonight at 630 LSU in Arkansas. I just had a caller, Jimmy, that you know, basically said, look, you know, the talent disparity between Alabama and LSU is this, and it's obvious we saw it last week, but – there's no reason why LSU should not throttle this Arkansas team. I know it's on the road. I know it's senior night, but there's a huge disparity between Arkansas and LSU. There is, talent-wise. Um, but there could be other factors here at play. Uh, LSU's coming off of brutal loss, right? So you have the emotional letdown. Um, physically battered. I mean, Alabama games are always extremely physical. Cold weather. Uh, there, there's a lot of reasons LSU could come out sluggish, slow. Um, be a little flat, and and Arkansas, you know, this is this is their bowl game here. Let's call it what it is. This is the biggest game of the year for them. They're trying to end on a good note, trying to trying to have a, a key win under their first year head coach Chad Morris. Um, so I, I could see a situation as a, a scenario where Arkansas hangs in this game uh, due to some, you know, maybe not as much effort as we're used to seeing from the defense, and maybe some penalties and some mistakes on offense and things of that nature. That lets them hang around, and if you hang around games, anything can happen. We've seen that in the past. and uh, So it wouldn't surprise me to see Arkansas put up a fight here and make things interesting. Jimmy Smith, TigerDetails.com, at Jimmy Smith on Twitter. And, um, Jimmy, you mentioned you know, how the, the disparity, all the things that are at play here with the weather, et cetera, they're going to be geeked up at senior night for Arkansas. Mm-hmm. On offense, last week you get shut out. Was that more the offensive line or Joe Burrow, you think, or a combination of both? I think it was a combination of both. Um, you know, I was watching his footwork early in the game, and I've been paying attention to it year-round. Uh, he wasn't quite settled in early. Um, I think, you know, the excitement of the game, probably. And uh, before he had time to settle in, he was at, he had rushers in his face. And so uh, he kind of had some happy feet, And um, but, but he certainly didn't get any help from the offensive line. The offensive line, I was watching tape again this morning, um, they were getting beat time after time with double teams. You can't be, uh, you can't get beat having having guys split double teams the way that happened in that game. I mean, they doubled uh, guys on almost every play, and a lot of those guys won those battles, and that's just not acceptable. So, uh, I think you know neither one, Joe Burrow or the offensive line, had a good game, and and the failures probably fed off of each other. You know, as one group struggled, so did the other, and. And, and neither one was able to kind of take the charge and take the lead and, and help them mount anything on offense that, that even remotely looked like a, a top-ten program. TigerDetails.com, Jimmy Smith joining us here on Tiger Tailgate and at Jimmy Smith on Twitter. Uh, what can folks find right now at TigerDetails.com, Jimmy? Yeah, of course. The basketball wrap-up last night, uh, the latest in all the recruiting news. You know, the basketball team looks darn good, Chris. I don't know if you been able to put your eyes on that team yet but that is an extremely impressive athletic group uh they're young they're starting to gel so we've got some some video interviews with will wade and, and some of the players on that team Nas Reed had a big night last night uh of course we, we have some looking forward to this game today uh we sat down with the publishers of the arkansas site or the writers from the arkansas site and, and exchanged questions with them uh, pertaining to this game so we have uh, that information as well and all the latest recruiting updates as always yeah, it is a subscription site, but it's worth it. That's for sure. You get chock full of information, inside information, in particular when it comes to recruiting. TigerDetails.com, they've got it like nobody else, and it's pretty impressive. What did, what impact did that have last week on recruiting, Jimmy, while we're talking about it? Losing, getting shut out by Alabama, did it impact it? 
I think it probably did for certain position groups, primarily quarterback and, and maybe wide receiver. You know, if you're LSU's had a difficult time convincing quarterbacks uh, to come down to Baton Rouge and be the guy that could turn things around, and and they've showed some promise with Joe Burrow this year, and and they've sure talked up a big game. You know, Ed Orgeron's been selling the new offense as much as he can publicly, and. And then you come out in a game like that and you put up 12 rushing yards. And you had defenders beating up your quarterback the whole game. Uh, no receivers really getting open. There were only three or four routes I saw the whole game where it looked like guys were getting separation on defenders. So I would think uh, for quarterbacks, uh, particularly younger quarterbacks that are looking to see what offense might suit them, um, I'm sure it doesn't sit well with them. And LSU's always been able to, to get premier receivers despite their struggles on offense. Um, and, and primarily local talent. A lot of that talent comes from the state of Louisiana. Uh, but if you're a wide receiver, you couldn't have felt good about uh, what you saw in that passing game last week. But they uh, have had more success this year than they did in that one week. And so when you put the whole thing together and the whole package together, uh, there shouldn't be too much concern. But I'm thinking some, some quarterbacks are probably sitting back wondering, uh, you know, what's the future of this offense look like? Jimmy Smith, TigerDetails.com. We'll step away and come back more from him and his insights next here on Tiger Tailgating on WWL. Hanging out with Jimmy Smith, TigerDetails.com, at Jimmy Smith on Twitter. Breaking down LSU and Arkansas at 630 in Fayetteville. For a brief moment, I want to remind you, it is Veterans Day weekend, so make sure you thank and uh, honor our veterans, our, our heroes, the ones that served this country for our liberties, such as watching a game like LSU and Arkansas tonight. Happy Veterans Day to all of those veterans. Jimmy, uh, shifting gears a little bit to high school football, Andrew Robinson returning to Hanville. I saw him last week against H.O. Bourgeois, and then he goes to Walker last week. The Tigers do, and he puts up some gaudy numbers. Man, he threw three touchdowns in the first half, uh, 200 yards passing. How different is that Hanville team, and, and how dangerous is that Hanville team with him now at quarterback? I think next week's matchup uh, against Zachary might determine who makes it out of that side of the bracket to the dome. Um, going into the season with, with Robinson uh, on the roster, I expected them to make a run for the state championship this year. And now that he's back and, 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 you know, one of the, one of the silver linings I think of him not playing is that, that, that defense was really tested a lot this year. They were on the field a lot this year since he's been back, they've been lights out. Um, and so I think that's a battle-tested group. Robinson has a great rapport with Jaquan Jackson and some of his other offensive players. Um, I, I think they have a real shot. If they can get past Zachary, I think we're going to see them in the Superdome. I think they're a phenomenal team, probably the best 5-5 five and five high school team we might, we might ever see in the state. You know, I mean, uh, beating Walker is no easy task. They have some premier prospects on that team. Very good team. They were the 11th seed, I believe, in the state. And, uh, and they got romped last night. So uh, I think Conville has a real shot here. I said it last night on Twitter. If you just remove, if he was six foot four, if he was six foot four, uh, Jimmy, he, he'd have every school in the country beating down his door. That, that Robinson can absolutely spin the football. You know, firsthand you had him in seven on seven. Yeah, I mean, he's, and it's really what he does before the snap that's most remarkable. Um, when you see him, he, he's making all the checks. He's, He's, he's given the offensive line their assignments, and, and they've given him some freedom to do some different things and, and, and check out of plays and things of that nature. And, and he knows where he wants to go with the ball pre-snap. And uh, he's very good at manipulating defensive backs and safeties using his eyes. 
to, to kind of open up some passing lanes and windows. And you're absolutely right. The kid can sling it. Um, not only is he extremely accurate, a lot of those balls have a lot of zip on them. And I'm with you. I think, you know, you add a few inches to him. I don't even know if he needed to be six foot four, to be honest. If he's 6'1", 6'2", he might be able to pick his school. He's got all those tools, all the intangibles you look for for a premier quarterback. He's just missing a few inches. Um, but some school is going to take a shot on him, uh, and, they're, and they're really going to get paid huge dividends for doing so. Uh, I think the kid's a pure winner, and wherever he goes, uh, I'm sure he's going to find his way on the field. Jimmy, shifting back to LSU and Arkansas, and the defense for the Razorbacks, have, has LSU faced the defense? Is Ole Miss defense worse than, than Arkansas? I think Arkansas might be a tad worse, to be honest. Um, they've they've been atrocious this year, and, uh, and and it's really just a lack of talent. While Ole Miss is pretty bad, they have a few players on that team that are pretty darn good. I don't know if Arkansas has any of those guys. Uh, Santos Ramirez is pretty good defensive back out of northern Louisiana, um, but he might be their best player on defense. And, uh, and that's a kid that I don't even think would start on LSU. So, uh, I, you know, it's definitely it's an opportunity for Steve Ensminger and the offense and the staff and the players to kind of go out and, and rebound from being shut out last week. They should be able to run up some, some pretty good offensive numbers, uh, and, you know, but you, you're just curious to see. There's been a, a lot of instances this year where we thought, you know, LSU would be able to roll and put up some gaudy numbers, but they struggled for a half or a couple quarters throughout the game. And, and it just wasn't consistent enough. But uh, I, I certainly think they, they had the talent advantage here, and they should be able to have their way with the Razorbacks' defense. LSU and Arkansas coming up at 630 tonight right here on the home of the Tigers. WWL. If you have a question, 504-260-1870, text 870-870, or comment about today's game, feel free. In particular, recruiting, we got the guy that could talk it, Jimmy Smith, TigerDetails.com. If you have a question about recruiting for LSU, Certainly, he is all over that. And, Jimmy, when I continue to look at, at this game, LSU and Arkansas, I can't help but think that this would be a, a win going away. But some of the things that I think are positive about LSU, they have an opportunity to win 10 games, which at, at the beginning of the year, nobody thought that was going to be possible. And here they are, if they finish strong with three straight wins, could end up in a really nice bowl game and 10 wins for a team that was projected to win seven, I think would be a significant accomplishment for Coach O and that program. I think you're dead on. I mean, Vegas had them at seven wins. Um, I think I projected eight or nine on our site. Uh, Sam and Jarrett, our other two writers, had them at seven wins. If you would have told any fan coming into the season facing the, the gauntlet, the schedule they had in front of them, that they would have ten wins at the end of the regular season, I think any LSU fan would have taken that. Of course, 29 nothing against Alabama always stings. But the big picture here is this is supposed to be a rebuilding year. This is one of the youngest teams LSU's had in quite some time. If you can walk out of this schedule with 10 wins, with a new offensive coordinator, your third offensive coordinator in three years, uh, and a new quarterback transfer and everything else that's come into play, and let's not remember they've lost key starters to suspensions, key contributors to, to injuries. Um, you know, so this team's taken some bumps along the way and still have found ways to win games they weren't supposed to win. And so uh, I would think 10-2 and two would be a, a huge year, one that, that the staff can hang their hat on, one that would put a lot of smiles on, on LSU fans' faces. And, and I'm, I'm wondering if they do go 10-2, and two, um, is Ed Orgeron the coach of the year in the SEC? I think you could definitely make that argument. 
Yeah, I had Jeff Palermo on last hour and kind of said that, just that. that I mean, not just the SEC. I think in college football in general, when you consider what he's gone through, he's lost Caleb on Chasson, the young team, breaking in a new quarterback, all the things that you talked about. Uh, that's not no easy thing to do, but I think you know, for already for a recruiting class in 2018 that could be among the best or if not the best in the country, you put up 10 wins with that team, I think it shows – I think it changes things, I guess, for, for recruits in 2019 and, and beyond where they can say, all right, well, LSU is only a player or two or three away from being able to hang with the likes of Alabama. And you know you know, kids these days, Jimmy, you're, you're talking to them more than I am. There's a certain part of them that likes being that movement where they can go, all right, I want to be a part of the ones that – I want to be a part of the group that turns it around for LSU and finally gets them over the hump against Alabama. That's not all that far stretched. No, not at all. And I, and I think, you know, a perfect example is that, of that is not everybody takes the number seven jersey at LSU. They want to carve a name out and make a name for themselves, and they don't want to be just another guy. Um, there are a lot of kids that look at programs that are on the cusp and, and want to be that difference maker. Uh, you know, look how Ole Miss was able to recruit a handful of years ago. That's what they sold. Hey, we can build something with you guys. You could be the face of this program. You could be the one that changed the direction of this program for the good. Um, so there's a lot of prospects that, that look at that game and say, okay, LSU's had a good year. They're obviously a little shorthanded, don't have the talent um, to compete with Alabama right now. But as you stated, if you watch the season and watch that game, it's a couple bodies in the trenches probably makes quite a difference. And so those guys on the offensive line and defensive line, I'm sure a lot of them are thinking that uh, and, and seeing potential to, to step in right away and contribute right away. Whereas if you go to Alabama's or Georgia's or some of these other schools that might have more depth at those positions, they'll have to wait their turn. So uh, while it might turn some guys off thinking, oh, if you not the premier program they once were because of how they, they, they were, Thumped by Alabama last week. I don't think that's the feeling of most. I think, as you stated, most of them are thinking they could be that difference maker. They all think they're better than the next guy. That's just kind of what goes in this. Uh, you know, confidence is key here, and these these prospects think they are the next big deal. Jimmy Smith, TigerDetails.com. Stick around. We're coming back for more here on Tiger Tailgating on WWL. All right, Tiger Tailgating continues here for the next half hour. We're going to talk to Nikki Chavanel, managing editor of HogBeat.com. Also. Jimmy Smith, TigerDetails.com. Stick around. 30 minutes to go. We'll hand things off to the LSU Sports Radio Network. Get you set for LSU and Arkansas tonight at 630 right here on WWL. Happy Veterans Day. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.